Welcome to the Warrior Mama podcast, as we learn how to apply God's Word to our lives in motherhood, finding in big and small ways that the truth of the gospel applies not just to our lives as moms, but also to our children's lives, so that as we stand anchored in Him, we mother confidently with our hearts at rest. I'm so glad you're joining me today at the kitchen table. Welcome to the kitchen table. This week we're going to be talking about how we spend our time. How are we looking at our lives with the lens of the gospel? And we're going to look at it this week and we're going to carry it into next week. And we're going to give really practical ways that we can engage using our time well, knowing that we are investors with our time and that we're also cultivators with our time. I don't know about where you are in your spring, but for me personally, this is always the time of year where the wheels start to fall off for just a few weeks. It's like I cannot get myself back together. Typically after a few months in the wintertime months, I can, I can do those great with the kids and with rhythms. And, um, and then you begin to give me some spring weather and all the spring activities. And even when we homeschooled only, and now even in the hybrid schooling that my, my family personally is doing. And when we had kids in full-time schooling, it's like this late spring time makes it very hard for me to be inside of good rhythms and makes it difficult for me to remember what should be kept primary in my vision and what can be viewed with the lens of, oh, this is a secondary thing. So I don't know if you struggle with this at all, but we're going to be talking about this week and next week, viewing our lives through the lens of investing. And this includes our motherhood, but it really is for all aspects of our life. You see, when I lose sight of good rhythms for myself, what I in essence have lost sight of is I have forgotten that number one, my time is limited in the day And therefore, I should be viewing my time as ways I am investing versus just trying to um, jot off all the things on a list or make it to all the different experiences that are happening or being offered. But instead saying, I am partnering with God and investing my day in kingdom work for his purpose whether that's inside of my motherhood with my kids, whether it's inside of my marriage with my husband, whether it's inside of relationships, um, friendship relationships or other family relationships, beginning to have the mindset of how am I investing is different for me. And I have to purpose to be inside of that thought process. It is not natural for me to view every moment of my day with the lens, be careful and, and 
choose what you're doing. I tend to float through my day and can miss a lot of time (laughs) for that. So we're going to break it down. Why we are going to, why, why would we need to look at our days in light of investing? What does the word of God say about that? And then next week we're going to say, well, okay, so if I'm beginning to understand that I'm an investor, that I'm a cultivator in those around me, then in my motherhood specifically, how can I cultivate in the lives of my children with, from a gospel perspective and be confident in that? Like, how can I do that with confidence from the word of God. And we're going to anchor into some core truths in the word of God that I believe God will use. I'm praying that he will use in your life the way he has been using and continues to use them in my life to draw me first to him. And then from that perspective into relationships with others, because that is the, that is the overarching principle that we need to understand is if we're going to begin to go, okay, I want to have a life that is a life of investment. We need to be connected and linked to the one who will give us the right insight of how to invest. You know, the reality is, you know, if I were investing my financial money, I would not willy nilly just randomly go decide I'm going to throw stuff here, there and yonder, anything that sounds good or looks good. Heaven forbid, I would be the one because of my personality. If it sounds like it'd be a party or a really fun time, I would throw all my money at that. Sure that it would win, right? But instead in financial investments, we understand that we have to go and we have to seek wise counsel and we look at this in a guarded, in a, um, a long-term vision kind of way. And then we set our investments in place. And what I want you to understand is that number one, God is at work in you and he is absolutely committed to you and investing in you in ways that you do not understand. And he is also drawing and wants to draw your heart to him so that he can begin to teach you what he's at work doing and call you to invest in other people's lives with that same kind of purposeful commitment. You know, Habakkuk 1.5 is a scripture that it sits on my wall in my office because I think it highlights what God is doing in all of us. And the verse simply says, I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. And I want you to know that God's vision for you personally is he is at work in you doing a work. And you aren't going to believe what he is doing now. Not all of it. You're not going to understand his long-term Um, vision for your life. You're not going to see everything laid out easily printable on a sheet of paper with good explanation. But God over and over in scripture declares his commitment to us. We see his commitment, number one, in the gift of his son, Jesus. 
just completely laid out in scripture from beginning to end. I have sent to you the rescuer and the redeemer that you may walk with me forever. That's what he has done. But sometimes we get confused and we think, yeah, that's on like this world scale. Yeah, he did that. He did that for me and he did that for all the other billions of people. But what we can forget in the busy of our little life is that God is actually actively involved in the busy of your little life because your little life is not little or insignificant in his eyes. You see, that is a key truth that will then begin to power how you choose to invest your life. The enemy of your soul wants to convince you that God is not super engaged with you, not really interested all that much, just wants you to be saved, just wants you to be good. But God declares to you, no, I have a vision for your life. I am at work in your life. And it starts with salvation and it moves forward from there into sanctification and ultimately one day glorification, right? When you stand before him. But in these days of being his daughter, every single thing that you do is significant with God. He's engaged there. And so we need to begin to say, God, if my life is significant in your eyes, then I want to walk in a way that invests for you, for your name's sake. So how do we think about investing? Because we need to have an overarching mindset concept about this, and then we're going to bring it down into real practical places. Well, I want to give you a word picture. This is a word picture that my husband and I use all the time, and it has become almost a common language for us. And we have tried to begin to help our own children have this kind of a language to think about their own lives. But a long time ago, we were talking about how can we be kingdom-minded people, people who impact the world for Jesus um, with a kingdom mindset. And, and yet be faithful in our marriage. We were newly married at that point, and he was actively engaged with um, ministry to men. I was actively engaged with ministry to women. We had um, some college stuff that we were doing with some college kids because we weren't that far out of college ourselves. We, he did some stuff with like a kids club in the town we were living in at the time. And I taught a different, like we had lots of things we were doing for the kingdom. Lots of good things. They kept us very busy. And what the, what the Holy Spirit began to teach us, though, was this truth even that you see in Hebrews 12, where it says, Since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us also lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely and run with endurance the race set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. We wanted to run the race. I still want to run the race well. I think you probably want to run the race well. So why you're listening to a podcast like this that's talking about gospel motherhood. You want to run well. 
But what had happened for me and what had happened with Troy is now we were joined together in marriage. And so we had the things that we had been doing that were all great things. And now we were being asked to do things together. We actually were asked to like be the teachers of a newly married Sunday school class as newly married people. The irony is not lost on us even now. It was like the blind leading the blind. But in in essence, we began to talk about all the things that were on our plate. And so this verbiage began to be part of our language. What's on our plate? And then we began to we began to do a little bit of math. And there's um it's just I think it's written out. I'm not sure. I'm sure people have actually written about this in books. But there is some math that in essence if you were to um have 100,000 people hear you teach the gospel so that they would be saved. It would take like if you did 100,000 people a day, um, then, and you begin to do that math out, it seems like, man, that would be impressive math, right? Because if I did 100,000 people a day for a year, I think that's like 3,650,000 people that would have come to know Jesus in one year. Like I would be famous in the world, right? Everybody would know me. Um, because I had led all these people to the Lord. And the reality is, um, Billy Graham has like, has had a ministry like that. Right. So, you know, so people often in, in, in our language, when we were talking in our marriages, we were like, well, we want to do big things for Jesus and we are committed and we want to follow him. And I guess we need to be busy about that because we would never reach 3 million people unless we get busier. But the truth is in And so doing a ministry like that, that is a ministry of light touches. So I'm touching 100,000 people every night with the gospel. But in theory, in order to have 100,000 people come to know Jesus, they're all different people every single night. And I'm doing light touches. When I look at how Jesus led his life in scripture, he invested deeply in his 12 disciples for three years. And he walked with them and he taught them. He taught them over and over again. I mean, you can look through the gospels and you can see him saying similar things several times. Like he's over and over teaching the same truths to his disciples. And he gave of himself every day intentionally and intensely for three years. So if I do a gospel concept of who I am and investment the way Jesus did, then I would take, and for our um, multiplication in our home, instead of doing 12, we we took the number 10. But if I take 10 and I invest consistently for three years, at the end of three years of the 100,000 a day ministry, I would have about 10 million people have come to know Jesus because 3.6 million a year, maybe 12 million, I guess. And at the end of 
this min- this ministry over here of three years of intentional discipleship of just 10, there's only 10 people. Nobody would know my name, right? Nothing is known about me. And in this world that we live in of social media, one seems like it's very effective. And one seems like, I don't know if you're spending your time well or not. And yet, if you do the math of me pouring into 10 and teaching them, saying, when we're done, I want you to turn around and pour into 10. Well, if I pour into 10 for three years, and then those 10 pour into 10 for three years, and then those 10 pour into 10 for three years, don't, don't come back to me with the math because I'm not sure I'm very good with math and Troy's much better with math. But it's like, I think it's like, um, like 1,500 people or something have walked deeply with God over 10 years. But that multiplicative math over the next 10 and 15 years. And remember, I've just poured into my 10. That's what I did. I'm walking with my 10 and I'm calling them to walk with 10 and I'm urging them to urge their 10 to walk with 10 and I'm urging them to urge theirs to urge theirs to walk with 10, right? And we're doing this multiplication away of deep discipleship the way Jesus did with his 10, with his 12, but with his 10. Suddenly, what happens is if I did 100,000 a day, every single day, it would take me 360 something years to reach the entire globe with the gospel. Light touch. All I did was tell them the gospel and they got saved. If I did my 10 and I walked deeply with my 10, investing in them, helping them understand this is how the gospel meets you in this moment. This is how Jesus sets you free right here. This is what it means. You don't need to be discouraged. You don't need to be saddened. You don't need to struggle. It's all this, right? That depth of walking, it's like 30 something years for the whole globe to have been walked with in a deep way. Now, what that changed for Troy and for me and our perspective was that if I understand the urgency that the gospel needs to go forward and I want to be about stuff about Jesus, then I should probably go, who are my 10? Because that's more important work. That is what this concept of investment is that I'm going to talk to you about. That is the question that Troy will ask me a lot. And I will ask Troy a lot. Who are your 10 right now? Because often we can mount onto our plate a lot of extra things. But if we were to be honest with Jesus and say, Jesus, where are my 10? Where are you calling me to invest with um, purpose, with intention? Um, What are those? A lot of the things I would put on my plate wouldn't make the cut. They're just things that in essence are keeping me busy, but not letting me invest in what is of primary importance. 
So over our lives, my 10 have changed. And again, 10 is a number, it's a random number. It doesn't mean that I only have 10 things or that I have to have 10 things. I don't want you to get hung up on that 10. That was really just became a phrase in our family. But in essence, what it, what that signifies is what are you investing in with purpose? And is it what you should be investing in with purpose? Because when I begin to go, where and how am I investing? It can begin to highlight to me that I may have eight children, but there have definitely been seasons where I was not investing in my children. I was mothering them. So I was feeding them and keeping them clean and doing their laundry or cleaning up or getting them to school or checking their homework. But they were not the active investment that they are called to be. There have been seasons in my marriage where I was married to my husband and I would tell you, I loved him, you know, in that season even and liked being with him. Like it wasn't even like we were at war in that season or having a hard time, but I was not actively investing with kingdom purpose in that season. So he wasn't, you know, so again, where are we called? Because what does investment really look like? And then finally, where am I investing outside of my family? Because sometimes it's easy to go, well, I am investing in my family and I'm investing in my kids and like, that's it. And I'm going to challenge you. That is not it. According to scripture. We are not allowed to be just investing purposely in our family. We are called to also have the mindset of seeing others and engaging with others. Hebrews 3, 13 is a great one. It says, but exhort one another every day, as long as as it is called today, that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ if we hold our original confidence firm to the end. So that, that passage right there, and it is significant of like every day with other believers, this active investment in a kingdom purpose. I mean, there's, there's many, we could look at, um, Ephesians, Ephesians five, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. Then if you drop down, it says, um, it says, Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of God is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit in addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the heart with, with to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for everything and submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And again, that's, this is a communal, this is a community mindset. This is outside of just your family. So how are we investing in community in a way that points to Jesus. These need to be places that we wrestle out with the Holy Spirit and say, what am I doing and what am I being about? And recognizing, oh, I think I've been about a lot of busyness, but not about a lot of investment 
in this last season. And understanding that God's purpose in bringing you to that, that realization is not condemnation. So it is not then followed by God saying, you're just the worst and terrible, but it is there to call you to conviction to say, God, I want to be about your kingdom work. I want to be like what Paul says in Colossians um, 2, where he says, he says, him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. He says, for this I toil. I'm struggling with all of his energy that he powerfully works within me. For I want you to know how much And then he goes on to say how much basically I want y'all to be encouraged and knit together in love. Like he, Paul had captured this idea of investing his life to bring others to know Jesus and to bring others to know the depth of God's grace and his mercy. And I believe that God is calling us in this time to be the kind of people who are set apart and different and say, you know what? I am going to purpose my days to be investing and it may mean that certain things I'm not going to do just, it, and they may look great and they may even seem good, but they don't fit when I talk to Jesus about what it is I'm called to do and being confident in that. There have been seasons where people have asked me to lead Bible studies or teach this or mentor here. And when I actually bring it back in a conversation with the Lord, And talk to my husband about it and go, here's what I believe God is saying are my 10 right now in this season. And understanding that just because this is a good thing doesn't mean it's an investment thing for me. And knowing and saying, God, I want to be about what you are calling me to be about in this season. You see, if I invest with depth in the community I live, in my children with purpose, in my marriage, then there's actually a lot more of me for those deep investments. But when I am investing shallowly across many things, there's not much of me to go around. And there are definitely, there have been many seasons of my life where my depth demanded that I didn't look on the surface like I was a high yield investment piece, right? I had many, many kids under the age of very young and a ton of my investment was being done in the depths in my home. And then I would have play groups or time where women would come over and because our children could play on the floor, that was it. That's all the number 10 could be for me was meeting one woman once a week for playtime. And we talked about God's word together and pouring deep into my children. Because if there was any more that was added on, then there was very little of me to actually go around. We want to set with intention and with purpose the investments that we make. 
So this week is more of a, hey, I really want you to get alone with Jesus and have this conversation. God, am I looking at my life with this investment mentality or am I looking at my life as I just need to measure up or hit all these marks or do all these things and begin to ask him to change your perspective. Next week, we're going to be talking about what does that actually mean? So we've used this word investment. Okay. I mean, what does it look like to invest? What are the practical places of that? We're going to talk about that next week. But for today, I just want you to take a few minutes with God before you jump back into your life and say, God, begin to show me, open my eyes. Am I actually investing and who are my 10? And again, your 10 is not the number 10. Don't get confused. There were many seasons of my life where my 10 actually was, if I were to number it, was like three. It's just a phrase. But begin to say, God, where am I pouring deeply with kingdom purpose and intention? Show me this because he is doing a work in you, my friend, a work you would not believe if you were told. But it is a work that he invites you to join him in. Because he knows that when you join him in that work, when you join in investing with his heartbeat and with his eyes, that you will delight, that you will find true joy, you will find true rest, and you will find true happiness. Because it is God's work and it is his his way and it is in that that there is great reward. As always, thank you for coming and joining me at the table this week. I look forward to talking with you next week. As we continue this idea, we're going to get super practical because I think more than anything, we need to know first the idea and then we need to break it down into actually what does it mean for our families, for our marriages, for our motherhood. Thanks for listening this week to the Warrior Mama podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support other Warrior Mamas, I'll tell you that one of the best ways that you can do is you can just share this podcast with your friends. You know, sometimes we love to talk about the things we like the most for our face, for our life, for our kids. Can I tell you that it would be a great blessing to begin to share with other moms the things that God is teaching you and the ways that He is growing you in Him. Our prayer over here at the Warrior Mama Podcast is that this podcast is something that does that for you in your life. So feel free to share it with your friends, post about it on social media, and of course, leave a rating and a review. I love seeing what God is doing in your lives. And I look forward to sitting with you at the kitchen table again next week.